This episode of the Savage Snowflake podcast is brought to you by Boundless Technology. Boundless Technology strives to advance in the cannabis industry by creating innovative products with portability and stealth in mind. Aiming to deliver an affordable, efficient, and straightforward experience for the consumer, Boundless offers an alternative to the traditional joint or water pipe. Enjoy the taste, smells, and effects of cannabis at lower vaporization temperatures with Boundless Technology products. Use coupon code SAVAGE for 10% off all Boundless Technology products at bndlstech.com. Follow Boundless on all social media at bndlstech. And if you want to show your support for the podcast, head to patreon.com forward slash savage snowflake to donate as little as $1 a month. At Savages. Let's get to it! Savage. What's going on, Savages? Welcome to another episode of the Savage Snowflake podcast with me, Jeff Leach, your, 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 your father. Your, your brother, I'm like a, a family member you never knew existed, and I've turned up one Christmas, and I've gone, hey, it's me, look at all this stuff I'm doing, and you're like, I don't even know you, dude, but that's okay, because we'll grow to know each other over the course of these podcasts, and fall madly in love with one another, uh, and what I like to do as a, a weird, creepy uncle who brings you love that you didn't necessarily ask for, is to bring other uncles onto the show, who I love equally, and I think you're going to love just as much. Um, the gentleman joining me today is a friend of mine, he's a fantastic comedian, a writer, a performer across the board, he's been writing for lots of TV shows you might also have seen him on roast battle where he's been not only a contender and one he's also been a judge as well uh, regularly performs out here in los angeles and at new york city at the world famous comedy store and of course the world famous comedy seller is mr mike lawrence how are you bro good man i'm good was that a good intro that was great i covered i think most of the stuff i i, I think like most perfect. of your your career stuff yeah no that was great uh <laughs> like i don't deserve that life Really? Yeah, no. I don't know, man. These are all achievements yeah, that no, you've no, done nice. yourself. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. but you're also—I should have. Well, like, here's here's my alternative intro. Here's here's my here's my mm-hmm. honest, the honest intro that's not remotely industry because yeah, yeah. all of that stuff was true about your career. This is my friend Mike, who we become close over the last few months uh, yeah. after hanging out a bit and realizing that we're both as fucking geeky and nerdy as each other. Yeah, maybe in different areas. I'm definitely certainly more on the video game side. You're mm-hmm. definitely more of a comic book nerd. Yeah. Um, and uh, and we we I have depression. You have anxiety, and we're bonded by a common self hatred. Yeah, there you go. Is that a bet? That's that's a more honest one, right? I look like how you feel. Ah, oh, fuck off, man. You know what? You Jay Okerson does this every time we're on a lineup together. He'll always go on stage and be like, "Oh fuck, that guy looks like how I think I look on yeah. a night out, on a night out." And it's like, I don't know, man. I think you have a, a very unique style, and you have. Um, a certain a certain character that it makes people instantaneously drawn to you. Thanks, man. I, I it is funny, like because uh, I could see myself in the the video feed. And there you go. Yeah, you're watching it there. I um, feel so comfortable in this chair, but me? then I look so fat. You don't. No, it's okay. <laughs> Wait, look, I can do this. It. I can angle it up oh, no, so we can't good. even see the. I'm belly. good. No, no, no. You could. It's it's all right. I have all of the Sinister Six on my tum-tum. You look like every preset for Dwarven Warrior on yeah. any video game. And That's I was you. a dwarf in D&D for over a year. I was grimy. Are you sick? That was the name of your character, Yes, grimy. yes, the name of the Simpsons. What uh, level were we Frank talking? Grimes. Where'd you get to? I don't remember the level, but I remember I played for about a year. Uh, the guy who uh, was a paladin in my group ended up being my first manager. 
Okay. Um, just because I saw how good he was at D&D, I was like, I want you to support my career. And he was fantastic. You're like, that supports. Um, yeah, that goes with my comedy <laughs> career, surely. And then... Creating up facts, telling me fantastical stories that things are going to happen. That's just that, like a comedy career. But then I went on a date with this woman and we, we hit it off and it was magical. We went to Coney Island and we... Uh, we made out at like 3 a.m. on like the lifeguard stand and everything. And then I was like, I actually got to go home to D&D &D. Uh, and, uh, you know, to D&D &D the next morning. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I need to like stay the course and, 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 and see where this love takes me. And that woman is now my wife. And there you was go. almost nine years ago. Do you think if you carried on playing Dungeons and, Dungeons and Dragons, that marriage would never have happened? No, I, I think I could have balanced it. But it is like... A good story to be like, this is what I gave up for you. Yeah. <laughs> I chose to be a man and stopped being a dwarf. <laughs> I certainly hope you hold that over at any opportunity. Yeah. That's yeah. like normally a lady would be like, you know, I used to go out with my girlfriend. I used to go hiking with my girlfriends. Yeah, yeah. I used to do things. You know, I wanted to do pottery. And Mike, I got with you. And, and, and someone has to, you know, provide for the home. Yeah. Fucking comedian, actor, writer. Yeah. So you can hold that over and go, well, I used to be a dwarf. Yeah. Swing a battle axe. I was a badass dwarf. Yeah, now I'm fucking cooking quinoa on a Tuesday. Well, I wish. If I was, <laughs> I wouldn't look the way I currently do. Do you not like the way you look? No, but it's okay. I, I need to work on it. It's fine. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I find like, you know, it's, it's very easy to be self-deprecating in comedy. And if there's an initial thing that you don't necessarily like about yourself, yeah, um, you can kind of go, oh, well, look at me. I'm kind of, you know, I got a beard and I'm a little chubby. Yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm. It's okay. You can laugh with me now. It's a lot harder in L.A. to do self-deprecation because so much of the audience spends so much time on how they look and 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 and, and being fit and healthy that they're yeah. like, yeah, why don't you just put the work in, fatty? Like it's it's different. Um, they feel sad for you. They there's a lot of aww if you make fun of yourself here. So they don't want to laugh. They more just feel a little pity. Yeah, they're also just like, I think it's you that's broken. I'm like, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I'm acknowledging the fact. Yeah, yeah. See, it's hard. Um, yeah. I don't know, because in the world of comedy, I always felt like uh, I suffered from uh, douchebag uh, aesthetics. So as soon as I walk on stage, people go, well, he's a cunt, clearly. Yeah. Because just the way I look. There, is that, there is that thing of like... I, there's something I feel to be like said, you know. For yeah. looking less, for looking more approachable and more relatable. Yeah, you come into the room with that look and that voice, and people are like, "What's this fucking deal?" Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, but that, I mean, everybody has that to an extent, you know. Like, I, I'm glad that I'm able to fulfill the stereotype where people are like, "Oh, he's one of those fucking angry nerds that cries over every comic book movie," and I'm like, "I am." You're like, let me write a <laughs> there blog about that opinion. Yeah, and it's like there isn't more than that. That's it. You got it. <laughs> Nailed it. You know what? They be, but then you've made yeah. that your own. There's 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 a lot of like anger nerds in the world, yeah. as well. I know playing video games all day every day, and um and there's a lot of nerds in comedy who are angry as well. They kind of take that out in the world, whereas you've embraced it and you make it into something positive. I think I'm uh, trying to. You know, like. I feel that um, it's it's been tough because my approach to, to to being a nerd and nerd comedy is is more shame based, and that what do you mean by that? Mike? That it's like you know it's okay to like this stuff, but let's admit it's made for children. It's kind of weird we're into it. 
Yeah. And, you know, it's drifted from that now where everything is pride based, where it's like you're just, you know, it's all about selling stuff now. So as a nerd, you're supposed to just be happy about everything so that you could push products. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, yeah, I'm a nerd, but it's okay because I own this and I own that. It's all materialistic. Sure. That's true across the board, whether you're a nerd or not, though. Yeah. I think all those kids on YouTube, you know, all these uh, yeah. massive influencers, all pretending like, hey, guys, it's a great new day. And oh, check out this great new product. It's yeah. Your teeth as white as mine. And then they go and cry in a room, I imagine, and just go, why do I not have real relationships? Yeah, like, most of the popular nerd stuff on YouTube is just like, isn't this great? But it's like, there's a cynicism to it because underneath that, it is like, buy this. Yeah. Buy that. You know, like we we treat all this stuff like product, you know. Yeah. Like even people that aren't in the industry are like, What do you think um the fourth quarter is gonna be like for Marvel? You know, and it's like, why are we talking like this? Having said that though, because of your so if you guys haven't um seen Mike's comedy already, I mean I'd definitely go and see him live, but also I'd recommend just reading um his Facebook statuses yeah. and which you post on Instagram as well and you post yeah, them yeah. On, on Twitter. I mostly post on Instagram. I don't post on Facebook as much anymore. Okay, all right. Because that's where we get the longer renditions. That's why I got excited by that. Yeah, yeah. But anytime there's a new Marvel release or a new DC release of any movie or or anything geek or nerd. Or culture if Stanley related. is released from the Mortal Coil. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, exactly. I wrote like three or four posts that week and I wasn't even done, but I was like, I think I should be done. I think I have to wrap this now, otherwise I it's bordering on session. I went through so many emotions with his passing and um and it was very difficult i i remember it was so uncomfortable because i went to see my therapist that week and um and i talked to him about it and he was like who talked the whole session about stan lee not the whole session no but about like like 15 minutes and i mentioned that um he had passed away and he just goes well, who's Stan Lee? Oh. And there's that part of me is like, I don't know if you can be my therapist, man. You therapist. Yeah. Well, it was interesting because I have Crohn's disease and um, it's more severe than I thought. Is so that an autoimmune disease? Yeah. Yeah. It's like stomach related. And um, so basically I go to I go to get an MRI at Cedar sinai and um, you can't help but question your own mortality in that situation because you're in this like little tiny tube where you're hearing all these beeps and magnets and stuff and they're just you're there because you're not healthy and should have taken a tab of acid before you go in there. <laughs> and then i get out and the first thing that i saw on my phone was that stan lee had died at the, at the very hospital that i was at at cedar sinai and there was just something like i i went through all these different emotions like over the week and um at first, like I, I genuinely was sad, but then I got angry, and then I got defensive. I went through all these different stages. Was it twelve stages of grief or seven stages of grief? What's yeah, the- well, like I, because I, I do have such a complicated relationship with the idea of him, and and it it helped with my therapist, which was that ultimately what I got mad about was the amount of people that gave him the sole creator credit. Right, yeah. Which is absolutely bullshit. Yeah. Um, you know, he created a universe. He created my childhood and all that stuff. And just the public, you know. But it was once he never encouraged that, he never discredited it in a big way. He never went... He he always talked about other writers and other people being involved yeah. in the project, But he never actually categorically went... 
hey, let me just hold my hands up and just go, I'm not the only guy who created all these amazing things. There's a lot of other people. Yeah, he was the kind of guy where it felt like, and, and I listened to so many interviews of him, and I, I could do the 10 stories he tells verbatim pretty much. Okay. But, um, but I remember, like, he's the kind of guy where he, he wouldn't often say, I did it all. But if somebody else said it, yeah, he wouldn't correct them. He'd be like, yes, that's me. And it was just like, but now... But that's the look, That's the subtle nuance. Did he ever go, yeah, yeah, I'm Stan Lee who wrote all these amazing things? Or was it a case of, it's like you, you wrote on uh, Pete Holmes crashing, right? Yes, that's correct, yeah. So when you're writing on that, if someone comes up to you and goes, Mike Lawrence, writer on, on Pete Holmes crashing, yeah, blah, 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 you're not going to go, well... I was one of a couple of people, and there were a few, you know, there was a small team of us who were writing. And well, it depends. Blah, blah. If someone says, I was a writer on Crashing, that's one thing. But if they say, didn't you write Crashing? Right. That's different. I'm like, well, I wrote on Crashing. I didn't write the whole show. Right, yeah. You know, and uh, like that was the thing. When, when Bill Maher went on his rant about Stan Lee, people were asking my opinion about it. I was like, I stopped reading it. A sentence in because he referred to him as the guy who created the Hulk and Spider-Man. And I'm like, all right, he doesn't know his shit. He didn't create Hulk and Spider-Man. Yeah. He co-created it best. And um, But I remember talking to people and like alienating them with my strong opinions about this. But like what I was trying to do was educate on, wait, them. A nerd educating <laughs> and alienating people with their strong opinions. This yeah. has never been heard of. <laughs> <laughs> that was just... I was trying to explain what the Marvel process was and how... If you think about it, it, it really does show how little he actually had to do with everything. Right. You know, do you, you know, you know the way the Marvel comics were made? Not, I mean, clearly not with any level of depth that you have. I, I, I know that Stanley was one of, uh, you know, co-created a lot of different yeah. characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess because he was synonymous with so many different um, publications and also clearly quite a charming out of all of those guys yeah. all the writers all the artists he's definitely one who had a little bit of um social uh, adept nature he, oh he, more than almost anybody he was charismatic yeah. he was funny he was quite a playboy back in the day so that's probably why he became synonymous because they're like well who oh, are we going to yeah. interview we're going to interview stan lee who we've seen him rattle off 10 interviews easy well or not fucking just that. this other guy who's a bit like yeah, I wrote something on one of the comics you know what I mean? just that but by nature of being a comic book artist you're in a room all day drawing so he's the guy who gets to be out there yeah they don't have a choice like jack kirby was doing four or five books a month he's kind of chained to that desk yeah um but the way that it worked was uh you know and this was a method that, that he helped develop he would sometimes you know come up with an idea or a lot of times the artist would even you know come up with the idea okay. and, and and they would draw it and then he would fill in it with word balloons right so it's like, you know, him and Jack Kirby are talking and, and even Jack Kirby's like, all right, so the the Fantastic Four meet the Silver Surfer and, um, you know, they, they team up to stop Galactus. You know, and they could both come up with that together. But the guy who draws it all, comics being a visual medium and designing... So he's almost mapping out the story prior to Stan even looking at it because he's... A lot of times, yeah. He's drawn the interactions. He's yeah. shown the moments. His, his super close confidence, you know, like um, like Ditko was with that kind of guy. Like, by the end, him and Ditko weren't even talking at all. Right. Ditko was plotting the stories. Ditko would basically just send the pages in. Right. 
and then Stanley would just fill them in. And it's like, honestly, that is not 50-50. Yeah. But because he is the one with the confidence and the, the hucksterism and stuff, like he's a guy that when you watch him, he would tell lies so much to the point that you knew that he started to believe them. Who Stanley did? Yeah. Wait, give me some of the Stanley lies. This, I mean, it's and some well, just of this. One, just one example. No, I absolutely will. But some of this is me guessing. But like, this is one that I always think is bullshit. Okay. Is that he always said that the reason that he so he was born Stanley Lieber, right? Right. And the reason that he chose the name Stanley was because he always thought that he would someday be a actual like legitimate author and he didn't want to waste his real name on comic books because they were lowly and not respected in society at the time. Okay. You know. That's plausible. Yes. As a concept, as an idea that he However, it really to me is more about anti-Semitism. Right. And that a lot of Jewish people even in the comic book industry in the Jack days, Kirby was yeah. yeah Jacob Kurtzberg yeah he started in 41, you know, Stan like changing it like that's what it was and it's like just admit that. Just say the reason I didn't want people to know I was Jewish. You know, like his um his uncle was the one who was in charge of it was the publisher of marvel who gave him the job so one he got the job through nepotism, nepotism yeah. which is something that isn't mentioned much um and he 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 overachieved at that job for sure sure he definitely earned it but uh but the whole lieber thing it's like just say the truth yeah 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 because enough years had passed and it would have shown the time that we lived in it would have been educational but to hold on to this thing of like, but I always, and it's also, it's not even a creative pseudonym. You just took Burr out of it. You, yeah, you just took your first Stan name and just Lee and put Burr. It the yeah. Burr is gone, but. Yeah. yeah so you literally like, just literally took the, well, because his first name would be Stanley, wouldn't it? Yeah. Literally just split your first name. Yeah. Um, all right. Devil's Advocate approach to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stanley has always, by the very conversation we're having right now, he's been this kind of uh, whether he d- was deserving, fully deserving of that role or not, a, a poster boy for the Marvel universe and for these kind of Absolutely. comics. Now, as a poster boy, maybe he just got given, which is hundred percent behind that decision to not, um, you know, acknowledge his his Jewish roots in the in the naming of his you know his author name. Yeah. Maybe he just went. I know what I have to do to succeed, and people don't want me to be real completely they want me to be the poster boy they want me to say things that don't go too dark you know all of his a lot of his interviews seem to be very much about well i created characters that all represent various facets of human emotion yeah, yeah. various you know weaknesses and uh, attributes that we can all empathize and relate to the the most human that's why superman is such an unlikable character in so many ways yeah because he's so devoid of any of those human fallacy those human foibles but with someone like Stanley, he maybe just went, it's business. It's fucking business. If oh, yeah. I start talking about, well, you know, in the 1930s and 1940s when they were persecuting the Jews and entertainment. Yeah, no. Like, I didn't want to be Stanley Leibovich. I, I wanted it. to be, you know, Stanley. Like, would that, you know, you'll bear in mind, the guy was how old when he passed away? Fucking 95. About to turn 96. Dude, oh, yeah. that's 60 years of, of media training. Oh, and when you watch you him, know, you watch him in those, you know, last 20, 30 years even, he was on autopilot. Yeah. Would, like I said, he would have the same stories 
every time you know his fantastic four story like i said i could i could tell it to you from beginning to end can you do well, it in the voice as well i could i could <laughs> well you know here we go so uh hey stan the, tell me about the uh fantastic four how did that come about it's actually a funny story uh, that i've never told before uh <laughs> except every other interview okay um, so the publisher of Marvel Comics, <laughs> <laughs> Martin Goodman, uh, was was golfing with the head of uh, DC. Okay. okay. And uh, the head of DC, he's talking about how well the, the 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 team book is doing. He's doing Justice League. He's like, Martin, you know, the, the money's just coming in. Yeah. And he comes to me. He's like, Stan, we need you to do a team book. Now, to be honest with you, I was I was just done with the business. I didn't want to write comic books anymore. You wanted to be a serious author, I've heard. Yes, yes, I wanted to be a serious author. And um, and, uh, my wife, Joni, she says to me, she's like, Stan. Oh, by the way, happy Hanukkah, by the way. Oh, thank thank, 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 thank you. Are you actually Jewish or are you still in? Ah. Okay, 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 fair. My favorite comic, though, is Bill Burr. (laughs) Burr. (laughs) Burr, 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 burr. Um, so, So she says, Stan, why don't you write the book that you want. I got to write this team book. That's what Martin said to me. And then she says, why don't you write the book you want? And I was like, I will. Yeah. And I gave my characters real flaws. The thing was an ugly monster. And then, uh, you know, the Mr. Fantastic, who was basically me, was a genius. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and they would argue and, and bicker with each other. And, uh, you know, and then I said, hey, Jack Kirby, uh, why don't you draw all this? And uh, in the future, everyone will forget your name. I'll get all the money, <laughs> and you will die, uh, and no one will remember who you are. Excelsior! There you go. Wow, fucking hell. See, there's so much. As If I was your therapist now, which I'm going to play for the <laughs> next couple of minutes, yeah. there's so much like... There's a little bit of adoration for him, but also so much hatred as well. It seems like That's what of, I realized when he died, and I went through both because... He was a very complicated person. I, I think that... But your reception of him is complicated as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, and I said this to my therapist, you know, my uh, defensiveness of these other guys is I, I don't see myself as Stan Lee. I see myself as the, the Ditko or the Kirby in the fear of being forgotten. Do you mean so white? So being um, a kind of... Because you're not just a, uh, you know, a writer in the writer's room. You've been yeah. on stage both in TV shows, in dramatic shows, and also in things like Roast Battle and various other, you know, specials. But I see so- myself more as a writer. You know, it's like I'm getting older. I'm not the most attractive person. Like, and you know, I remember pitching a game show. I don't to know, a man. Few- if you went to my Gold's, Ho- Gold's Hollywood gym, <laughs> there's a lot of bears who would be very enamored by. Oh you. yeah, roar. Um- <laughs> you're not even a cub. I feel like you're a fully fledged bear. I, don't, I can't really tell how hairy oh, yeah. your chest is. But I feel like if there's a little chest hair poking out the top of that shirt. Oh, you could put that honey in this picnic basket. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but but it's like I remember like uh, pitching a game show to a few networks and they were like, you're not going to host, are you? <laughs> like, so I get it. Uh, I, I see myself as more behind the scenes. But I again, just... though, doesn't that depend? Isn't that dependent on network, though? Because oh, if yeah, you yeah. go to somewhere like Adult Swim. Or if you go to Comedy Central, Comedy Central and Adult Swim, I can't see them not liking your aesthetic. You uh, see, this is we, we're almost even though we have very similar, at least personal interests in terms of yeah, yeah. Know, a love of D and D and game geek, you know, geek gamer yes, kind yes. of nerd culture. Um, we obviously look very different, but I feel like we suffer from the opposite ends of the of the the kind of spectrum of what image denotes 
in terms of personality. Yeah. Like, you think people go, oh, well, Mike can't host a show. Well, of course he can't be the host of this show. You know, he's got a beard and glasses and no one can do that with yeah. beards and glasses. You know, which I is- was good until HDTV came around. And- <laughs> That's what makeup's for, dude. It's all right. <laughs> but here's the deal. But then I think you are instantaneously more likable and more uh, accessible as a comic than, than I will ever be because people don't want to like me when I walk on stage. Nah. They go, oh, what's this fucking prick going to talk about? Whereas with you, they go, oh, this guy's going to be funny. He's going to be funny. He's going to be funny. He looks like he's a funny, happy guy. Look at him. He's sweet. He's a sweet guy. He's not going to... And then little do they know, <laughs> just you rape every audience directly after the show's done. Yeah, let's not say that. Uh, I do not. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. comedically. Uh, <laughs> you yeah, rate please. them to within an inch of their life comedically. <laughs> you can oh, have man. that for the next poster, dude. It's all right. I know. Uh, I don't want it. That, that He rates the audience to within an inch of their life, dot, 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 comedically. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, oh, come on. Uh, fuck yeah, off, Mike. Yeah, You're yeah. not the kind of comic who gets scared of a word. I'm like clearly not talking <laughs> about right. you sexually assaulting yes, anyone. Yes, 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 yes. Or am I? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Okay. Mike, Mike Lawrence has categorically never assaulted anyone. Yes. But comedically, <laughs> he has been inside of so many people comedically. And they didn't even know it was coming. And then they left going, fuck me, that was amazing. Didn't even know that was going to happen tonight. Unlike Stan, I'm going to give you all the credit for this. <laughs> Excelsior. Thanks, man. I can't wait to join the list of fucking comedians. But here's the problem. That's, that's another issue. Is that aesthetic clearly doesn't prove anything anymore because you know you've got all the guys who look like they should be douchebags are not and then all the guys who look like they're sweet and innocent and maybe you know a little bit more terrifying i don't know aziz yeah example. he's a sweet looking guy you know but he got caught up in some trouble i don't know it's it's a difficult time to 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 apply i don't think that i don't think we can in modern day society apply any kind of generic rules to someone's aesthetic as to how they're going to be taken by society. Does that as, make sense? as they say in the new uh, Mary Poppins movie, a cover is not the book. There you go. It's, it's pretty very, good. It's quite sweet and deep. I like Yeah, that. yeah, it was a good movie. Accessible to children as well. Look at Angela Lansbury at 92, just killing it at the end. Angela Lansbury, I met her in a, an airport queue. Yeah. Because she's, uh, she's British. You know yeah, that? yeah, yeah. And so even though she's lived in America most of her life, I'm assuming she might be a Br- American citizen now. I'm not sure, actually. We were queued up in the line anyway. Um, coming into, I want to say, JFK Airport, back from the UK. And, uh, and I talked to her, and she was really lovely. That's she, awesome. She looked at, yeah, it made me really excited. It would be sucky if you had an Angela Lansbury was shitty to me story. Can you imagine? That'd be like a Jeff Goldblum treating me like an asshole. Or, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can't imagine it happening. You know, like if she just became like an angry Mrs. Potts, fuck off to bed with yes. Yeah, exactly. Do you know who I am? Do you oh, know who I am? I got a chip in my shoulder and a chip in the cupboard. There <laughs> I used to do a Is that bit, your English accent? That's my Angela Lansbury attempt. Oh, okay. Um, so it's very specific. Okay. I, I used to do a bit about Beauty and the Beast, about how um, when the spell uh, was, you know, was broken, Yeah. how come Chip didn't have a gashing hole in his head? From where he got hit. Yeah, from where his chip was. Yeah, yeah. You know, why wasn't he like just bleeding? Didn't profusely? he have a chip in his tooth? The, well, I maybe he, a, he did. I thought he had a chip, chip tooth. So I, but why would the chip in the tooth reflect the chip at the top of the head? He's turned into a fucking teacup, mate. I don't think... It's not following any rules of logic, is it? <laughs> I don't think it's specific to the location. I don't know. Why was the candlestick guy's hands not on fire when he became a human again? Yeah. 
You know, look at how burnt my fingertips are from years and years. Yeah, and but years. the head should be the head still. I think you're glass, grasping at straws a little bit here, in terms <laughs> of specific. If it, of all of all the 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 Beauty and the Beast related fan fiction, that has got to be the least sexy I've ever heard <laughs> in my entire life. The chip should have a giant yeah. head. Yeah, and I love that. That is that is so um, that is so identifiably Mike Lawrence. Yeah, that that is what you would get hung up about. Yeah. What was the new Mary Poppins like? Was it? It was very, you know, it's a sequel, but you could tell like a lot of the songs were like in place of old ones. It was a sequel, though. It was an extension of the story. It wasn't the same Yeah, so same basically, story. it's like the, the two kids from the original are now adults. Oh, so it's like um, Christopher Robin. They did that with Christopher Robin. Yeah, I didn't see that, but. Beautiful yeah. film. Yeah. Beautiful. Made me cry a lot. So so they're adults now and um the 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 kid, I think is was Michael was the was the boy. Sure. So he now has two children. Ah, no, no, he has three kids, sorry. He has three kids and um and they're gonna like foreclose on his house and stuff and so Beverly Poppins comes back to take care and of And she's of the his same kids. age. She yeah. looks just as good as she did before. She's a witch. Yeah. She's a witch, right? Now, what's amazing is that so Emily Blunt plays her. Yeah. Julie Andrews, um, you know, everyone was... Because Dick Van Dyke is in the movie. Yeah, but Julie Andrews refused to be in it. She said yeah. because she wanted it to be its own thing. She said, I don't she want to detract away from the yeah. what the new what the new mm-hmm. film is. Yeah. This is her moment. Which is respectful. It was amazing. The movie she ended up doing was Aquaman, where she voices a giant racist Cthulhu monster. There you go. <laughs> I mean, it's a, you know, at least she's keeping her range yeah, nice and spread. You know, yeah, giant industry. squid monster, Julia Andrews. That's pretty beautiful. I didn't know she played that in Aquaman. I haven't seen Aquaman either. Yeah. Even though I keep getting messages, probably on a weekly basis from friends, just of a photo of Jason Momoa and Aquaman going, hey man, loved your new movie. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I think I made one of those jokes when we went, we saw Justice League together. As we soon we as survived I, Justice League together. Yeah, exactly. And then as soon as we stood up afterwards, you were like, oh man, can't wait to see your spin-off or something like yeah. that. Going, <laughs> yeah. I was like, thanks, Mike. Thanks, but I'm be- that, that. That's the re- reality. This is you say like, oh well, I'm sort of nerdy, and people don't think that I'm gonna. I can be the the rock star guy yeah. or the lead character. Then I'm the one getting mocked <laughs> by the most mer- nerdy guy at the fucking. You don't want to be mistaken for Momoa. That's that's pretty good. Um, you know what it is. You're right. Actually, he's a very handsome man, and he's very uh very muscular, and I like all those aesthetics. But also, and he seems to be a nice guy as well. He seems. He to does. Be a, yeah. A good guy. It's amazing because, like, but I want his career. I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to be related to how I don't have his career. Well, what's crazy that about uh, about Aquaman is that it got, I thought it got made. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of things. I thought that it was going to be a failure, okay. and and it changed like because like I I clearly don't know what I thought I knew. Why, did you, why do you think it would fail? First of all, I thought I thought it would fail because um, well, Justice League was a failure. Yeah. And that's the movie that introduces him. And I was like, well, people didn't want to see him in this with Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman and The Flash and Cyborg. Why would they go see him by himself? Yeah, I thought uh, everybody hates Aquaman, the character. Sure, he's not seen as cool. Well, do they um, hate him, or do they just think he's a bit of a? He's a bit of a. He was. He was never cool. That was it. Yeah, he's a bit of a doof. And and then I thought the the last thing was um, I looked up like Momoa's box office. He's never had a hit. He almost every movie he's been in has lost money. Conan was a huge flop. Um, he's had a few um, 
the TV series as well, or the TV series. Yeah, like I mean, I know he was on Game of Thrones as as Khal Drogo and stuff, but like he, was he wasn't in Frontier in, as well. I yeah. watched him in Frontier, but he wasn't in Game of Thrones that much. And a lot of Game of Thrones actors have gone on to flop in movies. They can't, sure, sure, sure. They well, can't transition. What's his chops? Um, uh, who plays Jon Snow? He's uh, in the Pompeii movie. The Pompeii movie, which I watched, and I wish I hadn't. Yeah, it was painful. but Amelia Clark was in the Terminator movie and Solo, and both of those didn't do well. And they don't know them well either. So, but Amelia I, Clark can do whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah, but I'm just saying. But people aren't paying to see her. I'd pay to see her. Yeah, but they didn't. And <laughs> okay, fine. and a Terminator and a, and a Star Wars movie, which you think those were given things? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Her from kinda... Game of Thrones. So I'm just saying, like, there's, there's, it's numbers. You either sell the tickets or you don't. And so all of these things, and I'm like, this. How much movie, has it made then? Has it been a box office hit so far? Yeah, I think it. Let me just see. I think it's at the billion mark. I think that it is just about. It's done well. It's done well. Like we don't need to. You don't need to get the exact moments. Oh, you can. I, if you no, want. I want to. Because I know. Otherwise, you'll fixate on it, and then you'll be yeah, looking at it for the whole day. Going, I think that. Why didn't he let me look up the numbers? I think it's the highest grossing. DC movie of all time and if it's not it's the highest grossing DCU movie I think yeah. I think it's about to beat Dark Knight is it could this be simplistic um, marketing and advertising you know related yeah. related right fact. now I mean, it's, it's at like it's at 959.5 million it made so much money in China it, um, it's not even done yet with China they eat a lot of fish in China it's been three weeks at number one. I think it's going to be number one for a fourth week at least. Yeah. And so it's, but I, I would have never believed that. I was just like, people are going to. I think you underestimate the power of 40 something housewives with, whose vibrators, you know, are just not cutting the mustard anymore. It's like, let me go and see Jim Momoa with this show. But how come they didn't see him in anything else? Because it was just, you know, such a short amount of chest exposed. Yeah. Why, what, what makes now different? His chest is a little bigger. It's got an extra okay. two inches on it. He's been doing a lot of rock climbing. See, this is the insight you could give me. I don't know. He's just very fuckable, isn't he? And also, it takes a few years to build someone's career. Like, Cal Drogo definitely launched him as on Game of Thrones. That was like, here's this guy. Look but at him. Was like big and masculine and handsome and brutish yeah. and animalistic. But then also, then PR comes into play. So for the next couple of years, it's... But also, look at how culturally adept he is and aware of his own cultural identity. Look yeah. how um, supportive he is of indigenous uh, populations. He's a family man. Yeah. He's a funny guy. Boom, boom, boom. That all trickles up. Maybe in, by Justice League, people just didn't give as... M they liked him, but they didn't give as much of a shit about him. And then maybe post that, he's now, you know, with a good team of PR surrounding him and with yeah. some, you know, some money from DC knowing that they need to have another hit. Maybe they just injected a bit more cash into advertising or they spent a little bit money making us care about the actor, which is what happened with Wonder Woman. We cared about Gal Gadot playing this role yeah. because it was like, oh, finally, there's a, a superhero, a female superhero yeah. who is who is the the... the you know, the, um, sorry, the uh, fucking, I can't even say words. The uh, protagonist of the story. Yeah, and I mean, both movies. There was a movies, reason for people to care. Both movies are certainly lighter in tone than the other DCU stuff. Um, and they're both incredibly hot people. Yeah, and you know what it is about both those movies? They are utterly simple. You know, they're easy stories um, to, to relate to. Right. Um, the basically, both stories. Did you cry in Aquaman at all? No, no, no. Do you cry well, at superhero movies? Yeah, a lot. I mean, the thing about both those movies, Aquaman and Wonder Woman, they're kind of like 
dumb people who slowly learn and then somehow are just magically competent at the end. And I yeah. think that's relatable to people. Yeah. So I saw I saw Aquaman once in the States and then I went to Israel for winter break and I saw it a second time there. And, it, you know, it got like applause breaks. Like people were like fucking into it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just time, man. Time plus good PR plus the right decisions for someone's career builds a, a fan base that will come out in force eventually. And just not a lot of competition, I think. Sure. This was like a weaker holiday season, I feel like. Sure, sure. And also after, bear in mind, after all the, if, if everyone's kind of refused the Justice League, so they've, they've gone, all right, you know, Suicide Squad, that was a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Justice League, that's a fucking nightmare. Batman and Superman. Avengers is coming to an end. Yeah, Batman and Superman. Anything that's got multiple people. If we have a, uh, an origin story, yeah. if we have a solo protagonist that we can really get behind. A jumping on point. Hopefully, yeah. exactly. And hopefully there might actually be more of a story. This is, this is why I, my, my whole um, uh, upset, the, the film I've enjoyed most out of all of those in the last, and this is Marvel and DC, yeah, yeah. in the last whatever decade, is Logan by a long shot. And I'm, I would be interested to hear your thoughts on Logan. But because it felt like the first movie in years where it was a story about the characters and they were re- there was real development of those characters. It was about death and mortality and old age and, 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 uh, and fa- uh, you know, familial loss and um, an inability to, to get out of the mundane routines that these superheroes probably get t- trapped into. And it was... Don't get me wrong, there was still a little bit of CGI. There was still yeah, yeah. some epic fight scenes. But that was a smaller part of the, the film. It was a good piece of uh, movie making. Whereas I feel like all the others are, watch us fight this giant cinematic CGI created bus that no one gives a fuck about. And w- there's going to be 17 fight scenes and they're all going to be pretty similar. And you're not going to know if anyone's really human in any of them. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then the, the scripts will be, there'll be a couple of jokes a couple of heartfelt moments that are very that you don't even know how you got to. Yeah. Whereas with Logan, it was it was a story. It was a fucking story. Yeah. And um, and maybe that's with the solo protagonist shows, like sorry, films like uh, Wonder Woman or like Aquaman. The audience thinks, oh, I might actually get to learn a bit about this character in this movie, as mm-hmm. opposed to them just being one of seven faces. Uh, you know. Cracking out one gag in in a film that is largely CGI from start to finish. Yeah. What do you think? I liked Logan. Um, I didn't love it. Yeah. I thought that the first hour when it felt like Fury Road was was great because I think Fury Road is one of the best movies ever made. Oh, really? But then they go to the budget-saving farm from Looper. and Okay, with the silos and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then um, he teams up with like the kids from Hook. And so the first part is great. The, the, the second half, I'm not a fan of. But they, I mean, they got it. They have to first of all. They have to introduce. It was a. a it was a. It was a story also of handing on the mantle. There wasn't a good villain, and I'm a big villain guy. And so Donald Pierce had the cyborg arm, but we never got to see him do anything with it. Also, wasn't the villain in that whole movie time? It was yeah, like not the, a good the, villain. Only, the only thing they couldn't fight against. You was know who's a better villain? Omega Red or Sabretooth <laughs> or Lady Deathstrike or okay. Silver Samurai. Sure, or, sure. You know, I'm just saying Wolverine's got a good rose gallery. Cyber. Cyber's a great villain. You could have had him in there. Even Donald Pierce and the Reavers are good villains. But, but what didn't make sense to me was 
in all the Wolverine movies that are PG-13, he fights regular guys, and they don't bleed at all when he stabs them. But in this, he fights cybernetic guys, and when he stabs them, there's so much blood, even though they're mostly machines. That's an art direction kind of, you know, note, really. Which, yeah, I agree with, but it's... Yeah, I mean, I thought Jackman was incredible in it. I I loved um, Patrick Stewart, but... He's amazing. But there was something about, like, the idea that, you know, the ultimate villain he ends up fighting is a younger version of himself. I'm like, you could have given me one of those Wolverine rogues. Yeah. I would have rather seen a good villain. Yeah. I mean, Donald Pierce, like, looks at his own cybernetic hand. It's like the Chekhov cybernetic hand, and it never goes off. Yeah. But... Yeah, there was a couple of... All right, so, okay, well, look, no, no... Is there a perfect superhero movie? Actually, I was about to say none of them are perfect, but maybe there is one for you that you think, all right, that was the perfect story, level of uh, action, you know, CGI, yeah. there was some of it, perfect villain. What's What would be your... I mean, I can't think of one that I don't see flaws in, but there are some that I absolutely love. I think the first Guardians is a masterpiece. I don't like that Ronan lets him dance at the end, and once again, it's a villain. I mean, the villains are often the problem in these movies that you have to, in order to boost your hero, you have to weaken and make your villain dumb. Um, that sucks, but that's clearly what they did. Um, but I, I think uh, overall, I mean, like the Dark Knight's great. Iron Man is great. I loved Infinity War, Ragnarok, Black I'm, Panther. I'm I, I think I'm they're getting the comments back. on this podcast. Oh, you keep touching the camera, oh, and they're going to go, "Why were you trapped yeah. in one half of the room? Was in a constant sorry. Californian earthquake." Sorry, it's, buddy. it's all right, it's all right. But um, I I feel he's like fuck Jeff Leach. I hate how he looks. Let's just fucking give him a bit of this. <laughs> that's how they do it. That's Shaky how these cam. Com- that's Shaky. how these comics do it. Shaky cam. Yeah, exactly. Whoa! Tell us what you think about Marvel, dude. That doesn't make me feel fat. That's the power of my seismic farts. There you no. go. I can I can put it further away, and you're um, tiny compared to yeah. Me. <laughs> I'll take it. No, I I think um, I think that they're getting better. Spider Verse was incredible. Um, I mean, and that's again one of, I haven't seen, but I've heard so many good things about. It, so I, I mean, it's just kind of sad too. Is that the ceiling? Like when people say like there aren't nerds anymore, or you know, like that that nerdiness doesn't fully exist. Like the fact that Spider Verse. Made so much less money than Venom and Aquavan, even though it is by far a much better film, is proof that there's still a ceiling. Like there's there's those fans who are like, "Look, I like this stuff, but I'm not gonna go see a cartoon." There's limits, you know. It's like when anyone well, asks as you, as you animate something, though, you are tapping into a very specific audience. Yeah. Like when anyone asks you who your favorite Batman is and, and the only real answer is Kevin Conroy and they say that that isn't a valid choice because he's only a voice actor. It's like, see, there's still levels. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's hard though because as soon as you transfer, you're, you're not only, people might love the story of Superman, uh, Spider-Man and they may have uh, loved him in comic book format. Yeah. Um, but then there'll be a huge amount of audience who love him as a live action uh, kind of you know character and entity and they're not they're not into they don't actually read comic books you think about yeah. the amount of people who go and watch these movies and have never picked up a comic book in their life yeah I mean Spider-Verse is such a better film than Homecoming but getting to see Spider-Man in real life yeah is gonna sell more tickets yeah yeah I think people are just drawn to spectacle and as soon as you animate something you are really going okay well we've just taken this you know, here's a hundred people. We've now limited that to twenty who will actually bother to watch it. That's yeah, it. and and they think that animation means kids. 
Yeah. Even though the Kingpin beat someone to death in this movie. And it's I had um, amazing. Had Nick Rutherford on this show. Um, yeah, he's great. He's a very funny guy and very sweet guy. And he, you know, he's in Dreamcore LLC. And um, yeah. apparently uh, the writer, uh, the other writers, because he writes on the show, and uh, Steve Merchant and a couple of guys, they were out somewhere. And The Rock, Dwayne Johnson was there. Yeah. And he came over and he was, cra- you know, he's a funny guy, apparently. He's a bit like a bit of a ball buster and quite yeah, yeah. funny. And he uh, he made a joke about, you know, he's going, oh, I hear you got a new show. And you know, he was like, yeah, yeah, it's called Dream Call NLC, blah, blah, and Adult Swim. He was like, yeah, yeah, I hear it's, uh, hear it's, it's got, it's animated, is that right? And he goes, well, there's short segments that are kind of animated and it's not necessarily animation like you would think. It's very psychedelic kind of, and he goes, oh, you made a kid's show. Yeah. And he's like, well, no, I mean, it's an adult show. It's on Adult Swim. It's very adult themes and, you know, topics, but it's got some animation. He goes, yeah. <laughs> You made a kid's show. And, then, <laughs> and he just wanted to fuck with the guy. But that is kind of a bit how people look at it, I guess. Yeah. Which is naive, you know. I think there's, you know, especially someone who reads, like, um, Transmetropolitan is like a, a, a comic book series that I'm reading now, or graphic novel series that I'm reading now. It's a comic book. And it's, yeah, but it's very much, it's very yeah, much yeah. An, for adults. It's not remotely for children, I don't See, think. it's funny, like, graphic novel is one of those phrases that people... You don't like that. Uh, well... It technically does exist, but a lot of um, comic books that are called graphic novels aren't graphic novels. But the Beano, do you you know you know what the Beano is? Yeah, big comic book in in England. I didn't know yeah, if yeah. it was in America. So the Beano I see as a comic book for children. Yeah, adults will still read it with a nostalgic kind of enjoyment. But it was uh, you know it was a it was child friendly jokes. Yeah. with characters drawn in a very crude and childish manner, whereas. Transmetropolitan. I'm like, I feel like that's a graphic but novel. See, graphic it's... novel, comic book, trade paperback are all like specific terms having to do with the format, not the the content of the story. So oh, I did not know that. Yeah. So a comic book, Fucking you know, is, is here, like Mike. this is what I needed. What, you know, comic book is like you know, like a single issue is sure. is a comic book, like thirty. The Silver page. Surfer returns. Well, Silver Surfer number twenty seven is a comic book, right? Okay. But then if I gave you a collection that has um, Silver Surfer 27 through 34, that's a trade paperback because it's collecting individual issues of a comic book into one collection. So I have a trade hardback? Yeah, yeah, you have a trade hardback because Transmetropolitan came out once a month in single-issue comic book form. Yeah. Now, This if, thing is about this big as well. It's definitely... Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, if uh, it was released... As one long story in that original format, graphic that's a graphic novel. novel. Uh, okay. So when people say graphic novel, I'm like, well, is it or isn't it? Like, um, a contract with God was uh, Will Eisner, um, who was like, uh, he did the spirit. He did a lot of great stuff. Yeah. That's considered like the first graphic novel. Because, right, okay. Because it's released as its own standalone thing. It's, yeah. It's one release. Before. And it's like, you know, like 100 or 200 pages, like graphic novel format. I feel like I've just had my mind blown. This is like when someone who loves music but doesn't know, you know when they talk about an album and then they'll talk about a record. Yeah. And when you say a record, you mean the whole album. It's like a mm-hmm. 12 to whatever, 16 tracks yeah. constitutes a record. But then people think a record is just like one record, one song that you put on a record player. Yeah. So when you realize, wow, album and record, that's the same thing. Yeah. This is what I've just found out. Except well, it's in like, a comic book series. Like Watchmen is always referred to as a graphic novel. Because it only came out as one standalone thing. It did not. I thought it came out as installments. Yeah, it came out in 12 issues. Right. And now when you buy it at the store, it's usually in a trade paperback collecting those 12 issues or a hardcover. Yeah. And it's funny, though, because people like the adult themes of it 
they want to refer to it as a graphic novel because yeah. they can't admit that they're into something that was made for children. You say the word novel, you say the word graphic, and it conjures up imagery of maturity. Yeah. Whereas as soon as you say comic and book, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. But okay. it was a comic book. There you go. And it's, you know, it shows... Take that fucking Martin at the, that party who's trying to impress his friends with the graphic novels he's reading. You're fucking twat. You're reading comic books. Yeah. You're a child. Just because you work at SpaceX doesn't mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> no shit, Martin. I don't know who Martin is. He's the character I've chosen yeah. to apply this to. Yeah. Do you like um, educating people with, with your knowledge? Yeah. It's quite, it's quite fun, isn't it, to have... Uh, I've never been one of these people who's had an incredibly deep... Um, and widespread knowledge of one particular thing mm-hmm. to the nth degree, like you do with the world of comic books, yeah, and superhero history, I guess, and and the writers and the artists behind all that. Yeah, I'm proud that I could mansplain to other men. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, like, I don't even realize. I feel bad sometimes. Like, I don't mean to. I hope I don't come off condescending. I don't mean to be, but I realize, like, sometimes. Like that's the the tone it takes. Yeah, not but it's condescending, not patronizing, just like <laughs> jovially patronizing. But it's not supposed to be. No, you're like it's education because it's something you're incredibly passionate about. Well, it, it, it's that, and it's something that has been taught, but skewed to one specific direction all the time. Like I said, like adults read graphic novels. Stanley created the Marvel universe. Like these are just things that are said enough that they become fact. Right. And so it's like if I'm correcting someone on that, Jeff Leach will play a superhero <laughs> in the future. It's hard for me not to have a little bit of anger in my voice. Um but at the same time, I'm respectful and appreciative of the the person that's willing to listen and and hear the other side of it. Yeah, exactly, and learn a little bit more about it. Yeah, I mean, there's like a guy uh, recently, this is an incredible story named Bill Finger, who was the actual creator of most of Batman. And, Bill Finger. Yeah, and they did a documentary. I wonder why they didn't use that name as the yeah. fucking... <laughs> it's because the other guy had legal ownership of... Oh, of, of that it, also. And yeah. fucked him over. And Bill Finger, like, died penniless. Um, but, Isn't that true of so many great artists like um, Nina Simone and like a yeah. lot of singers have that same story, you know? But in the comic book industry, it's extremely common. It's uh, it's a thing. Uh, like Bill Finger, I remember he wrote uh, the Clock King episodes of the 1966 Batman show, TV show, the TV show. Okay, with and, um, oh God, what's his name? He passed away last year, two years ago. Adam West, yeah. Adam West, and Burt Ward. He yeah, was yeah, a cha- charming man as well. Yeah, he's awesome. But I remember seeing like his name in the credits when I was a teenager because I'd, I'd heard of him a little bit. And I was just like, oh, that's cool that they asked him to do that. And then you find out, like, oh, he really needed the money and like paid for the job. And um, But basically, like Bob Kane comes up with this, like, all right, there's going to be a Batman. And he draws this character who wears, like, red and has, like, a black domino mask and blonde hair. And then Bill Finger's like, uh, you should have pointy ears because he's a bat. He should wear gray because he's a creature of the night. His parents should be murdered. He should live in Gotham City. He should fight this guy and that guy and that guy. And it's like basically creates. Now, how do you, wait, hang on. How do you know that that's, that's the, the factual series, series of events that happened? How do you know Bill Finger came up with all that? It's been, it's been said. I mean, yeah, maybe that's its own lie, but it's been said a lot. And a lot of people that even worked with Bob Kane are like, he's a bullshit liar and fucked over a lot of people. Right. You know, he was able to change it to where 
he got credit, like the sole credit as I'm the creator of Batman. Yeah. And just uh, two years ago, or three years now, it's 2019, they finally settled. They found out that Bill Finger had a living uh, granddaughter, and so she was able to to take um, you so know, much DC cocaine. to court. Now, she was able to take so yeah. much cocaine. But she was able. Money. But she was able to get that co uh, creator credit. And I remember, like Batman for Superman, is a, a truly atrocious movie, but it made me smile so much. Like, and I cried like a little bit of tears of happiness because it says. Batman created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. And he got that, and I was like, yeah. He's already dead, though, so he didn't get to see that. No. no. That sucks, doesn't it? Kind of posthumously, yeah. you know, being recognized for your work, whilst, you know, decades before, he's probably sat in a room rocking back and forth, going, this was my fucking thing. How did yeah. You? This was my fucking thing. And a thing. lot of them react differently. Like, Alan Moore is a guy, he hates most of the adaptations of his stuff, which he, rightfully so. And what's that? So you have to... Watchmen, From Hell, um, uh, V for Vendetta, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Wow, okay. Yeah. But what he does, which I respect a lot, they've all been flops as well as films. V for Vendetta is okay. I I know. I think they've... I really enjoy Watchmen as well. I actually really There's enjoy moments Watchmen. moments in it. And I really enjoy V for Ven- Ven- Vendetta. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is all right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it was, a, it was a film. Yeah, it killed Sean Connery's love of acting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but he does a thing which I like. He won't take the money. He gives it all to the artist. Really? Yeah. He's like, I don't, he's like, oh, oh, this is my early morning pressure. I don't want the fucking money. Give it to. I don't want the fucking who money. Drew Give it, it to the guy who drew it. He he like believes in snake gods and stuff. Wow. Yeah, he's awesome. But wait, hang on a sec. Does he? Does, was he involved in any of the writing on any of those movies? No, no. All right, okay. No, he doesn't want anything. He he wishes that they just stayed comic books. Wow, he's a purist. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that though. There's a lot of that. Yeah. And that's, that's look, here's, here's the thing. I like seeing, seeing people reimagine uh, art in different ways. Yeah. I think you have to do that. Otherwise, you can't see the... the uh, it's nice to see a, where, a, what other places something can be taken. In the same way, that's why I will go and watch Into the Spider-Verse because I, I do want to see yeah. an animated Spider-Man movie as much as I want to read a comic book of it as much as I want to see a, a live-action film of it as well. And it's good to have creators of different types. You know, like It's cool that there's a, a, a J.K. Rowling... And a George R. R. Martin and a Robert Kirkman out there who want to like work with the you know producers sure. to bring their vision to life and 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 reap the benefits and of ty- it tirelessly yeah. churn out content until they can buy a second or third twenty million dollar home. But it's nice too when there's those people who are like, "Nah, go fuck yourself." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want both? Like, I'm I'm glad we didn't live to see Johnny Cash tweet. Is the thing I, yeah, I yeah, often yeah. say, like. Like when you see like like Adele is one of those people like when I saw her do like Paul McCartney also like seeing Paul <laughs> Paul McCartney is the single most hilarious self-made meme and he's not even aware of it. There's there's a video But now he's doing like like carpool karaoke and he's doing like all of these like he's doing auto-tune songs. Did you see on his Instagram there's a video of him singing along to and his little arms, his little arms move I swear to God he's got something and he's not telling us. His little arms move. He's doing podcasts and stuff and and to be honest. Paul McCartney, uh cool, cool, uh keep it rocking. Uh you know what it's like. Uh 
and I got really wound up recently. I said to my friend, I was like, you've got to watch Paul McCartney. He's what Kurt Cobain would have become if he hadn't blown his own fucking brains out. Appearing on like Nevermind the Buzzcocks music yeah. shows. He would, he would be on the equivalent of... He would be on The View. Kurt Cobain would be on The View today talking about his new knitwear line. Do you know what I mean? If he hadn't fucking killed himself. Paul McCartney... He'd be doing Fallon doing impressions of other grunge singers. <sighs> yeah, can you imagine? Yeah, exactly. He Him would, he would do a Pearl Jam song. Billy Cogan, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and fucking... Um, but but then my friend said to me, she said, she said, you don't know enough about the Beatles, clearly, outside of their, the, the little that you know about their music, um, because Paul McCartney always was a fucking weirdo like he and was a, a ham yeah he was a ham and a weirdo he was yeah. never he was never a cool guy yeah he, like john lennon was a cool one and doing yeah. all the fucking art projects and the protests whereas paul mccartney was always in the background kind of like hi it's me paul mccartney so the fact that he's now there's this really good video if you guys haven't watched it yet there's three things you've got to watch by paul mccartney one is his most recent video on instagram of him singing this auto-tune song that he's just done <laughs> okay. where he's just in front of a wall in these board shorts in the middle of winter going Hah! and he's like he's kind of he thinks that the music's going to be overlaid on it that you can't hear him on the phone so he's kind of at one bit he's like and he's kind of singing along but not singing it's fucking beautiful second one is him which is my favourite one of all time which is him talking about um, meatfreemondays.com he did this thing google it meatfreemondays Paul McCartney and it's on YouTube and it's a short clip he's talking about because he's a vegan, right? Yeah. Don't eat meat. Uh, we need your help to get this petition through. Meatfreemondays.com. And he starts talking about it. He's a bit all over the place in his description. He never scripts anything properly. And then at the end, he starts going, that's what I need you to do. Meatfreemondays.com. Meatfreemondays.com. Check it out. Meatfreemondays.com. Meatfreemondays. He does this Jamaican pattern. Meatfreemondays.com. You got to look it up. <laughs> like that. It's so fucking He's the funny. most famous person in the world. It's so cringe. And then the third one is, uh, I don't know, another another one where he's... Oh, the third one is his son is on Jules Holland, which is like this amazing music show. Yeah. Late with Jules Holland. And his son is performing, James. And he goes, Jules Holland goes, and there's a quick mention. Or it's um, his mum. Uh, sorry, no, it's not his mum. It's a, it's a t daytime TV show, not Jules Holland. Yeah. His son's performing. The woman, the female presenter goes, Christine Blinkley, I think, goes... And there's a quick message from someone you might recognise, James. And it's this awkward thing. It cuts to Paul McCartney, pre-recorded message. He's like, he goes... Goes like goes, James, son, you're doing it. Dunk, 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 dunk. Yeah, ah, oh, no. rock on, son, rock on. You're doing it. You're making it happen. So proud of you. And he kisses. He kisses. He makes this symbol and kisses the hole like he's kissing a puckered anus. He goes, <laughs> rock on. And then he cuts back to his son in the studio, who's just like, yeah, cool. <laughs> It's so, it's so fucking beautiful, Mike. You gotta see it. Gotta see it. I'm gonna show you all those clips afterwards. I remember I went to see the movie Philomena, which was great with my wife, on a Monday night in Manhattan at 7 p.m. and and Paul McCartney was in the audience. He was all the way in the back. There was like six people, right. besides him and and his wife was there. And I remember we're leaving, and this guy like is like freaking out, like "Holy shit, you're Paul McCartney!" He's like, "Yes, yes, I am." And then he's like, "Can I take a picture with you?" And he goes, "No, but I'll talk with you for a minute if you like." And they just have like you know like the most basic conversation. The guy's like, "You know, I play drums. I'm a musician." Yeah, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like let me send you music. Yeah. yeah. And all I'm thinking, all I'm thinking, it's like. 
that was cool to me. You know, that and is I remember, cool. I'd rather connect with you on a human yeah. level for a moment than just have a photo and you fucking go, oh, there you go. Look at what look what I met. Yeah, but like knowing that like he'll be in a progressive ad next year just like kind of makes me sad. Yeah, he's gonna advertise fucking you know those those uh, those wet yourself. He's gonna wear like a adult he, diapers. He's gonna dress up as an actual beetle. Like I'm a bug. Like no, Iggy Pop did that, didn't he? He did an ins- insurance company adverts. He did a whole lot of insurance, and I was like, yeah. that's it, it's dead. Um, what's his name? Uh, from the Sex Pistols. Um, John Lydon. Uh, John Lydon d- does butter adverts in the UK. He's the voice of a Ninja Turtle villain now, which that's cool. That's cool as fuck. Yeah, I met John Lydon at um, an event in uh, Amsterdam. Yeah, and he was the keynote one of the keynote speakers and uh we went out and we got really hammered afterwards with all the delegates and people and uh he said that because i was i was hosting the event and like introducing people and stuff and um we had some mutual friends a lead singer steve strange from visage yeah so we bonded over that got drunk and then he was like he was like you know what, Jeff? You know what? I didn't like you when I first met you. I didn't like you at all. But I really like you now. But, you know, you're all right. Blah, blah, blah. And then he proceeded to try and fuck this 23-year-old intern working for the Who's company. Who's never heard of his music. Who ne- didn't even know who the fuck it was. And, yeah. and he was like, uh, you know, bad babes. Yeah, you're right, bro. And you he's trying to say, yeah, the sex pistols. I don't know. What about Public Image Limited? What about I, Public I, Image Limited? Yeah, they're still making music, right? Yeah, probably. And uh, he was... He was... He was not cool. He was a weird. He was just a fucking creepy old guy yeah. with infinite amounts of arrogance. But I was like, of course he was, because he was a 20, 22 year old yeah. of that. You know, of course Paul McCartney's still going to be fucking weird as shit. I yeah. want to know who from now is going to grow up to be who in thirty years are we going to be like? Is Beyonce going to be you know just kind of doing like doing QVC type shit, dropping in to be like? You gotta try these new pearl necklaces. I think Grande, Ariana Grande, will. You reckon she's gonna go down the drain and just end up doing some embarrassing shit in her older age? Yeah, I think like the voice is gonna go in her early forties, and it's gonna be like a Mariah Carey situation, Holy but shit. sadder. Yeah, but Mariah Carey is like, even though she, as far as various recordings yeah, and yeah. Li- accidental live taping yeah, suggest, gone, yeah. her voice is gone. She has a huge like her family is still incredible because yeah. they want to feel the way they did when they first. You're paying to feel, like but she you're doesn't a kid do again. awkward shit. I feel like Madonna does that. Madonna has new oh. bum implants. You seen the arse implants? Madonna did stand up on Fallon. No. Oh my god. Yeah, she did. That's horrendous. Yeah, she did like a five minute set, and you just feel like every comic who like was told that they can't do that or like can't get booked or whatever. And it's it was like, just like how fucking day you. Put if you were bumped from Madonna, yeah. If you like told your family like, hey, I'm gonna be on Friday night. Yeah. And then Thursday morning, they're like, hey, uh, actually, Madonna's going to do the set. You're like, what the fuck? Who was that guy who went on? It might have been Fallon as well. And it was, um, he was a, he was prolific as a, as a tweeter, like on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Rob. Uh, he, he's, Rob he's Delaney. A, Rob Delaney. Oh, he was on Kimmel. Yeah. He went on Kimmel and did what was quite possibly the most painful seven minutes of stand up. Stand up. Yeah, it was, it was tough, but it's like. I feel he was so hot at the time that like let's just put him on and then you know he has the show catastrophe now and he's he's clearly like a really talented like he's really funny on Twitter he's great on that show it's just I mean it's funny like people blame him but it's also it's like they should have vetted the set you yeah know? 
Like, don't let someone go out there. Well, I thought that's the process. Like that. They they yeah. watch the set before they even have you on the oh, show. Oh, it's usually very rigorous. Yeah, but for someone who's that hot, they maybe just make an exception and go. There you go. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be funny. Yeah, we've read his tweets. Yeah. This is the fucking problem with social media, mate. It's like Instagram comedy, isn't it? All right, so who would you like to um, who would you like to see fall from grace? If you had to pick like one celebrity apart from Ariana Grande, which obviously I understand. I don't think she's gonna fall from grace. I think she's like gonna lose her voice and I think then she'll end up still being make a ton of money on QVC. <laughs> yeah, I think she'll do okay. She's likable, you know. She'll be all right. Yeah, she she's probably going to get a couple more couple more failed marriages, I reckon. Or well, the fact that I'm looking at like a, a pop star and saying they'll be alive in thirty years is a compliment. <laughs> Surely we're more likely to be dead in thirty years' time, Mike. Oh, I'm gonna, I got like three. You reckon? Yeah. What would be? What's going to kill you? Internet rage. <laughs> New combos flavors. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be fucking writing some angry blurb about the latest whatever latest yeah. movie that's come out from Marvel I, or DC. I, I was I was at the grocery store and they had churros flavored bugles and I was like you will be the death of me, dude. What's a bugle? I don't even know what bugle. Oh, bugle! Is. They're like these like corn snacks. They're like like they're shaped, shaped like, like a little horn, hence the name. And then you like you can connect them and stuff. They're really tasty. I love bugles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That will kill you. Yeah, but churros flavored. Yeah, yeah. that's gonna kill you. Yeah. yeah, that's gonna kill me. Yeah. I don't want you to die in three years. That's okay. How do we get you super healthy? Do you think you'd ever embrace a life of health? You're in the I right think place. I'm slowly, yeah. I mean, I have to start infusions for uh, my Crohn's. Um, so I think that... Uh, what's, an, that what's an infusion? You know, like you go every couple of weeks and... A shot. Yeah, yeah. Like B12 shots but and stuff like But it's like, like a two-hour thing, yeah. And it, um, it lowers the inflammation and stuff. So I think once I start that, I'm going to be healthier. Bro, I would love to see like ripped <laughs> hiking four times a week i'm gym, so lazy gym body mike lawrence I you bought, could do it man you're a big lad you could be fucking buff yeah. you know that i bought super smash brothers and i'm not playing it because of the fact that they make you unlock the characters i'm, I'm just lazy by principle sometimes you just want it pre i think it's disgusting what they did with that game and and i want to say fuck nintendo publicly oh you can say that yeah i think everyone agree with you fuck nintendo fuck ea and also fuck bethesda now as well but if you're gonna advertise a game that has all of these different characters and you only start with eight i think that's bullshit i paid i already worked well hang on a second though here's the deal you already worked enough to earn the 60 dollars to yes, buy the correct. game sure however isn't there something to be said for the uh, replayability, especially of a game that is a, effectively just a fighter? Once you've, if there's any kind of story mode to it, which I'm ex- expecting not with Super Smash, they're not they're not about. But some if it's kind a pick up and play game, mode, it's just you know, it's a, you should be able to pick up and play the characters you want. I agree, but like for you instance, have to wait like every Call ten Duty, minutes to get a new Call one. Call of Duty, yeah. All the all the you have to play different. There's three games in one, then you have to play different facets of the other games to be able to unlock characters in the other things. So like if you want to play Blackout, you have to do challenges within the. Yeah, but the thing is, unlockable. That's kind of fun. Unlockables are often an artificial way to inflate gameplay. Like I think that sometimes, like that's oh, the sole reason for it. Yeah. Like look, look. Like if you want to get all the Riddler trophies and get a two-minute cutscene, okay, go for it. But when we can never you show again. all these characters on the box, and then I open it and I don't have the characters, I think that's that that's shitty. This is because you're a collector and I'm an explorer. That's the difference. We can never play a video game together. Well, we could play simple games together. 
but we yeah. can never play the kind of games I love playing together because I would. I'm the kind of guy who wants to open up every box, collect everything, yeah. get every 100 percent completion. And you're the guy who just goes, ah, oh, just give me all the fucking guns so well, I can like, choose which one is my favorite. Well, like in the in the in the eight bit and sixteen bit sixteen uh, bit like days, and, and obviously arcade days as well. Before that, they made the games really hard because they were short, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had to inflate them that way. Sure. Now it's this unlockable stuff, and then the fact that like. You have to pay for stuff with real money. I think that, that's, that's bullshit. bullshit. Yeah, yeah. In-game, in-game purchases upsets me and has upset yeah. everyone in the gaming community. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's because game companies are greedy. Everyone's greedy now. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we ended up getting a way worse society than we should have. Yeah. I think about that all the time. Really? Like, yeah. I don't know, man. This this society used to There's throw a lot of people great into a giant... Uh, a giant arena and release lines on them not that no, long no, ago no. like there's a lot of great things the fact that marginalized voices like are able to be heard in this be day. heard and all that that's great but like in terms of like uh consumerism and and just work the fact that like every person who works now is like judged or worried about being scored and rated and um, yeah you know it's like you take an uber if you're the driver, you're afraid of being reviewed. And if you're the customer, you're being like the fact that it's like, I, I think that some accountability in society is good, but like in all these different, you know, assets of life, like, and it's all fear based, you yeah. know, like when you're Amazon, what is uh, that black mirror episode, isn't it? Oh that, yeah. That woman desperately trying to get so, her. nosedive. Yeah, yeah. It's a great one. But it's like when people, um, you know, your Amazon driver, like calls, and they're like, I'm outside with the package. If you could please let me in. And they're like so afraid that you're going to give a bad review and yeah. all this. It's like we ended up like finding this society where we work so much harder. Mm-hmm. We think so much more about what other people think of us. It's like, wasn't but it th- supposed to be that, easier? Dude, that's the internet. That's creation of the internet. Yeah. As soon as you've got internet and social media, all it is is, uh, is, is, is a drug. It's a drug of chasing likes and upvotes and, and star ratings. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of good in one respect because it means that if something is dog shit, you hope it falls by the wayside. If a driver is repeatedly rude yeah. to their customer, they shouldn't be uh, rewarded with more work. Yeah. Like the fact that rich but, and powerful people could be held accountable and taken down, that's great. But the fact that like... No, but they're not. They're the only ones who are not accountable to these things. And they're slowly they're, they're getting there. I, well, I feel like, come on, man. I feel like a lot of, you know, uh, the most wealthy people in the world, most wealthy corporations well, like, like, like are Trump, not remotely But the Trump can give a speech in that the fact checks could be instantly found. That's good. Sure. But then the fact that, like, poor people can have their jobs uh, taken away by... Because they made a post back in Lower middle class people. Not even that, but just, you know... If I go to a restaurant and I'm having a bad day and I don't like the waiter and I go on Yelp, oh, you're going to write get a that huge Facebook fired. status update about it, and that brings joy to thousands of people. Yeah, but if I'm trying to take somebody's job, <laughs> I mean, that's the Mike Lawrence way. That's it's what not. Call, that's what they call you in the industry. You keep Mike, making these assumptions. <laughs> Mike, take your job, Lawrence. That's I'm what not. you don't know. That's what they call you. No, I never. I, <laughs> I've never. Bro, not, everyone's terrified of let you. Let me just say this: I've never not given five stars. I've never like tried to get somebody fired. You know, if, they call you the incredible sulk in the industry, man. Everyone's scared of you because you're like you're a behemoth of nerd rage, waiting to happen any time. If I get uh, if I if I get the the meal I didn't ask for, I eat it. I, I never send things back. That's because you're hangry. 
There's nothing wrong with eating another man's fucking loaded nachos. I don't want to be the thing that ruins someone's day. Yeah, fair. That's good. Well, that's just not being not being a piece of shit, though, isn't it? That's just being a nice. Yeah, night. but there's nothing wrong with sending the food back too if it's not what you wanted. Sure. Yeah, I think it's all right as long as you're polite. But you can go yeah, like, yeah. "Hey, sorry, I didn't order this." Yeah. 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 But and then I don't know. I, I think like that's part of our. That's part of the. A kind of a, a an, an epidemic, social wide epidemic, which is yeah. we're all terrified of what being rated on. I turn on that thing on my phone that tells me how much screen time I use and for what things. Oh, and it's it was rough. So depressing, dude. Yeah, so depressing, and it's made me really. Um, every time I pick up my phone now, it's made me feel like a piece of shit. Yeah, and um, there's no other reason they did that. I don't, oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But it's good because it's you know it's kind of highlighting hey you spend way too much time on this tiny little computer. Oh yeah, I remember. I, I yeah, I went on a family vacation, which is an oxymoron, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and um, I was so I, I was so worried. I did, I'd been going to therapy and like, how do I get through this? Um, because uh, I I just don't know. Like, what you know, I'm gonna be um, in Israel and uh, I'm not gonna have my phone plan, and so like I'm gonna have to interact with people, and that's gonna is be your really wife hard Jewish for me. as well? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so was this like a bit of a late? Um, Birthright type yeah. thing. Yeah, we've been before. Okay, we've been before, and so, but then, anyways, so I uh, I find out though, like two days before, they're like, "Oh, your phone plan stays the same," and I even was like, in Israel, you can still use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like ten bucks a day. Nice. I was like, "Oh, this is amazing," and then I ended up like using so much screen time and like tethered to it because it's like, even though it's it's my family that I've married into it still doesn't fully feel like my family so I'm on and the once phone once you see the wailing wall be. what else yeah what yeah, else is the there? wall it's wailing we get oh, it it's, well, it's wailing. <laughs> that matzo ball soup never gonna have one as good as this yeah beyond that you should have gone in birthright when you were a youngster did you ever do that I didn't bro that's what you know what they do I mean you've ended up marrying and falling in love with a beautiful woman anyway yeah but that's what that whole thing is about is like fly some like hot young Jewish kids from America out to Israel Introduce them to what happens coincidentally to be the hottest young yeah. Israeli kids who are all in the army. It's the Brazil so of the Middle East. Yeah, yeah, man. They're all in the army. And they're all super smoking hot. Fall in love. Stay yeah. pen pals. And then guess who's getting a green card? Yeah, I want a, yeah, I want a girl who's attractive and can kill someone for me. Yeah. Israel. <laughs> Dude, I'm fucking into that too. Um, do you think that your love has... Uh, has helped bring you out slightly of the, the the nerd rage that we all suffer from a little bit. Yeah. When we get so caught up in things. Oh, yeah, yeah. How does she balance you? I think um, just uh, give me something like, because like, you know, the nerdy stuff in a lot of ways is artificial. Like you can't live for it, but it's like. It's the associated rage and, and anxious kind of. But it's you, all you said you don't want. You said you don't ever want to come across um, patronizing or condescending. Yeah. But part of you know nerd or geek culture is being very knowledgeable about a specific thing or very uh, you know being yeah. a fanboy about certain stuff, and then that as a knock on that can mean. But but nerdiness and fandom are fleeting because you get into something and then you automatically want the next thing, and so it's like I'll go see Captain Marvel, but then I'm like, how's Shazam gonna be? Ooh, Avengers Endgame, and it's this and this. So having something like you know permanent somebody that that loves you for who you are and not just what you're giving what you're putting out as a creative person yeah is like uh is a wonderful thing you know it's like you know there's great comic book movies there's bad comic book movies but like having a steady constant 
in in my life uh you know knowing that that's always there like you know i've been through batman and robin i got through daredevil and ghost rider and and the the shitty times you barely made it through green lantern barely (laughs) made it through that period i have a green lantern wedding ring and uh, what's amazing is when i got married it's it's hard to see a little bit yeah oh yeah fuck yeah yeah, and the uh, inscription of uh, the oath is in, in the inside of the ring. Okay. And um, when I got married, the first thing, like a friend came up to me. He's like, hey, that's a great Ryan Reynolds ring. And he said this in 2014 when that was a really bad thing to say because Ryan Reynolds had been in a lot of awful comic book movies. He'd yeah. done Blade Trinity, G- Green Lantern, sure, obviously. He Wolverine played, Origins. played the worst Deadpool in, in yeah. And R.I.P.D. Yeah. So that was like zero for four. But now knowing like like the Ryan Reynolds thing is a compliment because the first Deadpool, Deadpool was great and the second one was good. It's like that's that's like that's what marriage is. Sometimes you're Green Lantern, and sometimes you're Deadpool. There you go. Yeah. I like that. You Symbol should get. Love. You know what you should do is take it in for another inscription <laughs> to get the little Deadpool mask on the uh, on the other side of it. Does she have something on her ring as well? No, no, she's a person. well i'm glad she's a person i'm glad she keeps you on the uh, balance and on the straight and narrow because um i don't know you're a very uh insightful but very funny guy and i'm glad you got love in your life as as well as the you know the adulation of your audiences yeah um that's a good place to wrap it man yeah i enjoy talking to you it's always nice it's always fun for me thanks okay i plug my album you should plug everything. I wanted to um, tell everyone if you are if you are watching this and if you haven't checked out Mike Lawrence's comedy already, please go and see him live first of all. I know you've got some live shows coming up over this year. I know you've taken a little break because you've just been writing on another TV show, haven't you? Yeah. Um, has that got a, yeah, so an crashing, official name now? Crashing, obviously, on HBO. Crashing is coming out on January 20th. And this then is season three of Crashing. Season three, my first season as a writer, uh, the show Upload. You've also appeared in it as well, haven't you? Haven't yeah. You? You've also appeared I in was it? in the Roast Battle episode in season two, and then I am, I believe, in episode three of this season, and I co-wrote uh, episode four. Um, so, so check With that out. Stanley. Um, <laughs> I said co-wrote something he yeah, did. <laughs> so no. <laughs> and then the, uh, gave, the 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 show that you've just finished working upload on? that will air um, much later in the year. That's on uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah, and then my album is called Mega Man Child, and uh, that is on iTunes. Available to download on iTunes right now. Yeah. So make sure you check it out. And if you want to follow him on social media as well, it's just at Mike the, at the Mike, the Lawrence. Mike Lawrence. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, across the board so make sure you check it out and the website for live shows um, is MikeLawrenceComedy.com there you go or just check his Instagram because he uploads regularly on there and lets you know where yeah. he's going to be out and about Mike Lawrence thank you very much for joining us thanks man. for having I appreciate me. it and thank you very much for setting me right and all the good things geeky I appreciate it man take care yeah, yeah.